Why DRNA? As a leading provider in North America of dental waste management and recycling, including amalgam waste, X-ray chemistry, lead, biohazardous and pharmaceutical waste, DRNA offers cost-effective solutions that save dentists money while keeping everyone compliant. Whether you need equipment, recycling services, documentation, or education, the DRNA team is eager to support your business, budget, and bottom line. Email info at drna.com or call 1-800-360-1001 to learn more. ServiceTree Merchant Services help dental practice owners eliminate the hassles and headaches of payment processing by allowing the patient to pay from anywhere in the office using any form of contactless payment from Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, tap and pay cards, and even text to pay. They help dental offices reduce the cost of credit card acceptance and improve the patient experience at the point of payment. Service Tree Merchant Services can also help eliminate the need to send paper statements for balances owed and reduce collection calls and the expense of using collection services. They do this by automatically charging a card on file when a balance is owed. Call and request a free rate comparison to learn how much you can save on your credit card processing fees. The best part is that they don't have contracts and provide the newest hardware free without leases or rental charges. Call Adam today at 866-944-3244. Bank of America Practice Solutions, an FDA Crown Savings Benefit Partner, is proud to be a sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association. They are happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. Focusing on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice models, expansion, debt refinances, and commercial real estate. Whether you own a practice or are just getting started, Bank of America Practice Solutions can provide customized financial help for your short-term needs and long-term aspirations. Please visit bankofamerica.com or call 1-800-497-6076 to see which program is right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into our dental community and look at perspectives from all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I'm your host, Yolanda Marrero, and joining me today is Dr. Danica Brennan. Hi, Dr. Brennan. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know that this is a little bit kind of last minute that I contacted you, but I found you on a Facebook post and your story was intriguing. So I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm going to get started by asking you what I ask all the dentists on the show is what led you to become a dentist in the first place? Um, 
Oh boy. Well, I was always really good. I'll be honest with you. I was always really good at sciences. And my mom told me, you know, you want to go into medical school to either become a doctor or marry one. And (laughs) so (laughs) um, once, you know, you get into college and you're like, ah, medical doesn't really seem like it. I had some, um, I swam in college. And so I had some friends who did, um, we're doing dental, pre-dental, and they were like, man, this is like the best thing ever, go and shadow. And so I sort of followed in their footsteps and luckily ended up loving it. So it worked out good. Well, good. So are you the only dentist in your family? I am on both sides, actually. So. Wow, look at that. So maybe you started a new trend. Yeah. Uh, it's Because <laughs> I, I talked to a lot of dentists who tell me, oh, my father was a dentist, my grandfather, my mother. Um, I actually had one um, person on our show, Dr. Mariana Velasquez, her entire family, oh, wow. aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone just about is a dentist in their family. Wow. So, no, I'm, the, I'm the first doctor on both sides. Oh, then, my, okay. then my sister, she's a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. So we're the, only, we're the only two so far. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed too that you mentioned that you were swimming. Were you on a swim team or was this how you went to school or? Yeah. Yeah. I got a scholarship for college through swimming. Um, that I was really fortunate for that. Um, I swam my whole life competitive, obviously did college for swimming and, um, finished that out and then transferred all that, I guess, passion and motivation into uh, dental. So I'm curious cause I know you're from Montana a little landlocked there. So now I understand completely why you're here in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> swimming is uh, a lot easier over here than in, in a lot of other places in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Now, I know that you were, you served in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Is that how you went through dental school or did you do dental school yeah. and then join the Air Force? Um, the Air Force, like the military in general, has multiple different ways you can kind of get into it. I went the um, what's called the HPSP route. And so after I was already in dental school, my first year, I my boyfriend at the time, now husband, was already in the military. And so I knew I kind of wanted to like move around with him and didn't really want to do corporate dentistry. So um, a lot of my professors were prior Air Force. So it was a scholarship that I had to apply for. I got the scholarship um, my second year. So they paid for two years of my school and then I just owed them two years. Um, And then I got a free residency out of it as well. So that's kind of, so they paid like for my school um, stipend to live. And then basically once I graduated dental school, then I went to training and then went into the Air Force. When you served in the Air Force, where did you stay within the United States or where, where were they sending you? Yeah, no, I mean, as a dentist, at least in the Air Force, it's um, uh, if you want to deploy, it's a very competitive spot to get. So I did dental school in Las Vegas and ended up staying there for Nellis Air Force Base for my residency. And then I, um, Jerry, my husband got transferred. Um, he moved, he moved around a bunch. So he, excuse me, got transferred down here into Tampa. And so then I came down here and finished out my time here at McDill. Oh, so that's where you guys fell in love with the wonderful state of Florida. 
and decided to stay, right? Yes. Yeah, we did. So I decided to get out and he's getting out after we have this baby. And so, yeah, then we're going to stay here. So what was your experience like doing dental school through the military? Because we do get a lot of people that are interested in getting into dental school. Obviously, they know it's an expense. But when you do it through uh, using the military, it, it does alleviate that for you. How was that experience for you? Um, it was good. I mean, it didn't make a difference in dental school. I still had two years of, you can do, you know, four year, three year, or two year. Mine, just by mm-hmm. timing, I got the two year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a four year would have been nice to have. Um, <laughs> to get all the loans paid for, but either way, yes, it does help financially. They don't, they can't touch you while you're in dental school. So it's not even like you're in the military. They're just paying for your school and you're getting a stipend, which is nice. Um, Being in the military was very different. I'm a very like to be in charge, headstrong type of person. And I think that every base is different. Every branch is different. And so I um, enjoyed the fact that like they would pay for literally everything and anything that I wanted. The E technology, we had like the high, like you wanted a second or third prime scan, they'd buy it for you the next day. So, you know, top of the line, like education, it was wonderful for that. It's just, it can get a little hard if you like things to make sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go a certain way and be, um, you know, you have young 18 year old airmen who have never touched a patient who are your assistants and they get paid whether they hide under the table or they're the best assistant in the world. And so, um, you know, you learn to do everything yourself pretty much. Um, you have additional duties. It's a lot of um, extra, but I know plenty of people who love it. There's great benefits to it. Um, I enjoyed it for a little while, but decided I was ready to be out on my own, be my own boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually had a young man who went through the, his dental school uh, with uh, a scholarship with the Navy, oh, yeah. a program with the Navy. And it was funny because they do, you know, work on a ship mm-hmm. afterwards sometimes. And sometimes, yeah. of course, they're on land. But um, it, it was interesting to hear from him the experience of getting into dental school through the Navy was fantastic. He loved it. And he, he really, you know, like you said, when you're in school, you're in school with everybody else. There's nothing that much different, but you do get out and then you go to officer training and then you serve. So what was your officer training like? Um, It was, I was in the transition time frame where before me, everyone stayed in a hotel room. You had maids, um, pretty much just went to class. And then now the way it is, is no different than like basic training. So I was in that transition period where like we were, they made you march. They sort of yelled at you, um, <laughs> but you can't get kicked out, right? Like they just spent like $500,000 on you. You have a rank compared to the other people that are there who have no rank. They're there to be accepted into the Air Force. And so um, most of it was just class-based. They just want to make sure you understand everything. And then they sort of yell at you a little bit. And it's kind of funny. And then they yell at you (laughs) and laugh. And (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. But we had like weekends off. It was about four weeks long. It really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Well, you know, there are people that stay. 
you know, dentists that decide to stay and make military their career along with being dentists. So yeah. we have a few of those that are, are part of our membership now who have retired and are teaching at various campuses and residencies. And it's it's just interesting. Their life was a very interesting, very different life from being a dentist that has brick and mortar. Now, now that I'm saying that, you decided when you stayed in Tampa, did you purchase a practice or are you still an associate or um, what are I you built, doing now? I built from scratch. So mm. I just opened about a year ago. I just got out and said, why not? I, during the building phase, cause obviously it took a while. I worked for a girl part-time while I was building the office, uh, over in Brandon, her and I are still great friends, but, um, yeah, so no, I just got out and decided to build an office. Why not? Yeah, that's that's quite a challenge. I don't know how how difficult it is in Tampa. I know that here where I am, Miami-Dade County, it is a mission to build a practice. And and people call us all the time and ask, you know, what do I need to do? What and and you can't answer that question because Every build is different. Every detail is different. So um, how long did it take you to get your practice built and put together? So we had a lot of hiccups along the way that probably could have been um, avoided with some better decisions. (laughs) But um, see, we, the lease took a while, like finding a place, getting a lease, that took about six months, probably. Luckily, I was still in the military while I was looking, so that worked out good. And then once I got out, we started permitting. And so permitting was another three months. And then the actual build-out itself was from like February until November. Um, that was the worst part of it. So, you know, overall, about a year, year and a half, I'd say, total and we opened and officially started seeing patients about a year, almost exactly a year ago. So, yeah. Are you the sole uh, practitioner there or do you have other doctors with you? No, nope, just me. <laughs> well, that's great. I, I always encourage people to not be afraid to get started on something like this. And of course, not everybody wants to be a practice owner, but um, most of the people that I speak to about it really like having their own practice, calling the shots, making the decisions regarding, you know, work hours and, you know, that work-life balance. Is that something that's important to you, your work-life balance? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I love it. We work. So we have a little bit of a different schedule um, that I love. So we advertise Monday through Friday, seven to seven. Um, but we only physically are here three of those days. So we're here three days a week, seven to seven, and those days rotate each week. So like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then it starts over again. So two of those weekends are actually five day weekends for my staff and I, um, we are on call, you know, for, you know, if I need to, I'm a new person. So, you know, if we need to come in for something, but I don't live far, um, but we schedule patients. Um, during those. And it's really nice. So that's good. That's, that's, see, that's the control that people talk about in, in, especially in becoming a dentist versus becoming a medical, uh, a physician instead. Right. So, yeah. And, and I find that it really helps also when you're building a family. Now, 
I know you're expecting. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this, but we do have a lot of women now in dentistry, a lot more than in the past. And in fact, we've seen that there are more women graduating from dental school than ever. Uh, and that's been a growing trend for about 10 years now. So yeah. what? How do, how do you feel about being in this industry and also raising a family? Um, I mean, I mean, I can't talk to other people's situations. Um, my situation, I, I built to make it work. Um, my husband is going to be getting out of it. So he gets three months paid leave um, from the military, which is nice. So I can go back to work. Um, and then uh, so he'll be, he'll do that. And then he's getting out of the military and he's in school with a online master's program full time. So mm-hmm. he'll kind of be stay at home dad. I did build in I built in a little nursery into my office. Oh, nice. One of my assistants just had a baby and came back after a couple of weeks. So she kept him with her or just childcare in general. So we use that room for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I it's definitely nice and doable if you have the control of being in charge of your office. But along with that, you also are the mom. So you have to choose if you're okay with not exclusively breastfeeding and, you know, having someone else potentially take care of your children. And when you do go back to work and making sure you have the funds to have some time off when you have the baby and everything. So I kind of took all that into consideration, but I think overall it's a great, job for moms also owning businesses if you can make it work you know yeah yeah no we do get that a lot that that this is a career path for women that really allows you uh, to have a little bit more leeway in in being with your children with raising a family uh, and just just creating that atmosphere rather than being the, the mom that's just not there and and there's nothing wrong with that either I was a mom that was not there Um, you know, I worked full time and all of my jobs have been crazy hours and, and so forth. And now that I have a grown daughter, she's, she just got married. I've always asked her, I said, was I, was I a good mom? I feel like I wasn't there for everything. And she says, you were fine. You were fine. You know, she, she always makes me feel like I I did a good job regardless. And so so yeah, there's a lot of women out there that that it's one or the other, but none of them none of it is wrong. It's just your attitude and how you how you do right. things. No, so, I totally agree. Okay, where do you stand on pets? <laughs> I know that you're a, a you're an animal advocate. You love animals. I know that a little bit about that. I am one that tends to have more animals than I should. Yes, but um, through my life, I've always had a dog or two. So, how about you? We have currently two dogs and three cats of our own. Um, normally, we have fosters in and out, but um, I won't lie, this pregnancy has been miserable. I've been so sick, and so um, we have not fostered for a little while just because of that. Um, but we even, um, so I work with a couple local fostering like groups around Tampa. I love doing that. It's fun. And even when I can't foster, I try to like go out and, you know, go to their events and and support, um, at my office, if you're an active foster, um, animal foster with like a local group, 
um, we give a 20% discount at our office to try to like help um, encourage people because we are fee for service. So people are paying fully upfront and prices are not cheap. And so if people really want our services, um, they, it encourages them to go out and get involved in um, the animal stuff here. I'm sure in Miami, it's the same. It's just awful how many animals you see, you know, just without fosters. And so we even have, I don't know if you looked at the design of my office, which is very, it's a whole nother topic, but um, the uh, one of my huge murals is actually two of my own dogs and one of my fosters at the time when they did the mural. And that's in my main hallway, like reaching back and exposing like a smile. It is pretty cool. So that sounds really pretty. I, I, I have, I did not see that, but now I definitely want to see it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I find that really fascinating that you would offer a discount to someone who's willing to take on responsibilities of fostering an animal. And it's so necessary. It really is. Um, two of, well, all of our dogs have been rescues and I've never considered fostering. My husband would probably have some kind of uh, say about that, but I remember one time we went with a friend of mine. We went to pick up a dachshund for her. We walked out that day with all of them, uh, five of them, five, no, four of them. And uh, I kept one. She kept one. My daughter kept one that was already pregnant. So you can see the situation those animals were in. And then the fourth one, uh, my niece kept. The the one that was pregnant, we did uh, take her to the dachshund rescue. And she had her puppies and she was adopted with her puppy and and the other two puppies were adopted. So, you know, that's so important. So I I really like that about your, uh, your office being able to encourage that in the community. Yeah. The, um, people's biggest thing about like not wanting to foster is, well, what if you fall in love and then you're sad to give them away? And I was going to (laughs) ask. So I, and my, my, believe me, I get it. Me and my husband cry every time we give a dog away, but we take them off. A lot of the times these animals are being taken off a euthanasia list. So like, you know, if you think about it, yeah, it sucks giving them away, but think about not fostering them and a lot of them get put down. So I would rather be a little hurt because I found them an amazing family than knowing that like they got put to sleep in a shelter, you know? So that's my kind of like how we keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People need to understand that when, when animals are in foster care, they aren't just surrendered to anybody. No, you know, you go through a rigorous questionnaire and even site visit to make sure the animal is going to a good home. So I love that about you. And and it's greatly appreciated from one animal lover to another. (laughs) Um, I think that's that's wonderful, wonderful thing to do. So how many uh, staff members do you have? We have three. Um, So we have one hygienist. And two assistants who are also front desk. So everyone just kind of works around, even the hygienist. She, if she's not busy seeing a patient, she'll sit up front. So three total than myself. Well, that's good because that it's a like a little close knit family of people. Yeah. And who knows, you might want to add a service dog to your team. (laughs) I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Tell you what, <laughs> yeah, we I've had a we've had a couple of doctors on who have had um, I think they're golden doodles or one of those that doesn't shed and is hyperallergenic. And oh, they, yeah, I mean, yeah, 
I don't think there's like certain rules and regulations. I bring my dogs all the time. I even let patients yeah. bring their dogs if they want, yeah. if they're like well-behaved. So and it's yeah. not busy, I don't mind it. Yeah. And, and it, I think it helps patients too. A lot of them actually keep the dogs there because they calm young children down. Yeah. And so, so good. So now we know that at some point you'll have your little four-legged oh, yeah. friend there to calm uh, patients down and, and add to the family. Yeah. So I I really uh, I enjoy this conversation with you because you show other people out there that so many things can be done, that you can have a practice, that you can go through having uh, gone through a military life to owning a practice, to starting a family. And it's all doable. It's not something to be afraid of. No, for sure. And like it wasn't you know, like I mentioned earlier, like I started as completely fee for service and I still am with zero patients and we're doing well and thriving. And, um, so, you know, you don't have to just sign on with a ton of insurances if you don't want to, like, it's definitely doable to do a fully fee for service scratch start, (laughs) (laughs) um, with the right, um, obviously doing it correctly, but, um, you know, definitely doable. And, if, if you're the right person to like want to own and everything, but yeah, no, I very much enjoy it. And I'm really happy that I've done what I've done. Well, I really appreciate that you took some time to talk to us. Yeah. I know probably by the time this airs, which will air in, uh, in 2024, okay, awesome. uh, you'll have a, your bundle of joy at home. Yes. Yeah. So, thanks for squeezing me in early. That way I didn't have to work around my, I can, I mean, I could pop anytime. So I was like, well, maybe we should oh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know what you're expecting? No, we're making it a surprise. So. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Uh, mine was supposed to be a surprise until I got to my baby shower and my, my husband had told all my friends and everything was pink. So mm-hmm. I knew right then and there that I was having a little girl. So, yep. so don't, we're excited don't to find out anybody. We, well, we don't, we don't know ourselves either. So yeah. we're making okay, good for you. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my husband knew. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us of and, um, and congratulations. And uh, we'll, we'll check in with you in 2024. Thank you for listening. Remember, we want to hear from you. Please email us at admin at sfdda.org. You might be the lucky listener to get one of our Ain't That the Tooth mugs. Ain't That the Tooth is a production of the South Florida District Dental Association and directed and edited by Victoria McKenzie. Our theme music was written and performed by our own Dr. Richard Muffson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, Service Tree, CareStream Dental, Hyosin, DRNA Recycling Solutions, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible. Music